This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Live from clickorlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. God, dude, it's even cooler than I thought. In 2015, a local boy made national headlines when Iron Man gave him a prosthetic arm. It started as a UCF student's labor of love. We're all coming together to be able to push this mission forward. Now it's blossoming into something much bigger. We're excited to be showing you today the new lab that we moved into last year that expanded our footprint about three times the size of our old lab. And giving even more kids with limb differences the chance to feel like a superhero. But first... Hey, welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. You know, very often we talk about hate mail. We get tons of it. People don't like this. They don't like that. And that's all about us. And that's fine. We're adults. We can handle it. Sometimes we fire back. Sometimes we don't. But Matt, you got something that was beyond hate mail recently. And it really, it's gone viral. So my hate mail, which we've talked about on the show so many times, became an international controversy. (laughs) All right, we're going to take you down a You're road You're not exaggerating here. either. I'm not kidding. You're going to think I'm being so dramatic, but by the time I get you through this story, you're just not going to believe what happened to my family and I. Are you? Uh, am, I, am I exaggerating? Like, No, I still don't believe it. I'm I still, don't believe I'm it mad. either. I don't I'm believe They're it. They're not even my family, but you're like my family. Uh, well, of course I am. We're like brother and sister. Okay, so this all starts about a month ago, okay? I was taking a picture with my two beautiful daughters, who were getting ready to go to homecoming. It is the sweet one year picture. Very sweet picture. Actually, let me show it to you. I have mm-hmm. it. This is the picture. This Look is the that. thing that started an international hubbub. These two beautiful daughters. If you're just listening to this, it's uh, my daughter, Addison, on my left, who's a senior, <laughs> and my daughter, Lulu, on the right, who is a freshman. She's in pink. They both look beautiful. They're wearing little <laughs> mini dresses for homecoming. And so my post is... My daughters look a little too good on homecoming night, you know, as a dad. Yeah. Believe it or not, they're even more beautiful on the inside. So that's my little post. True. And, and just so you know, like when I post on Facebook, this is something that maybe it's a little morbid, but when I die, I want my daughters to be able to go through my Facebook page and sort of see <laughs> their lives and what I would say about them and what I would think. So Aww. I posted this thinking, okay, yeah, nothing much about it. I've posted proms and homecomings in the past. So... A few hours later, after taking pictures with them and their friends, I come back home and I check my phone. I open it up. I'm usually like an 80 to 100 comment guy on Facebook. There's a couple yeah. hundred comments here. That's Ginger, healthy. You know what that means. A couple hundred comments means somebody's showing their booty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going wrong. Something is going awry. So What happened? I check in the comments and there's all of this. I'm not going to say it was a ton. Most people were positive. Your daughters are beautiful. Have a great homecoming. I commented. They look gorgeous. You did. You commented, which was very sweet. But there's maybe half dozen in there saying, I can't believe you let your children leave the house like that. My father would never let me dress like that. 
just people going after me, how they're dressed, what they look like. And so I'm fuming, Ginger. You know me. There's oh. there's there's nice news, Matt. And then there's Matt <laughs> who, when you mess with their family, oh. it becomes Papa Bear Matt. They got Papa Bear Matt. They did. <laughs> so I'm stewing on this for like a day and I decide, okay, I'm going to go on my back patio where it's peaceful and I'm going to tape a little response to the haters. So this <laughs> is what I came up with. So I put up what I thought was a pretty innocuous post about my daughters looking beautiful for homecoming, but you would be shocked at some of the comments. Take a look. I wouldn't let them go anywhere dressed like that. They should have respect for themselves. It's so sad that parents think it's okay to send young ladies out with everything showing. So one thing that has always me off as a father of girls is when people say things like, oh, these girls need to dress so they don't distract the boys. Or even worse, they're dressing a way in which they're asking for it. Let's get oh. something crystal clear now. It's not my daughter's job to make sure your son is focused in school. Also not her job to dress hideous enough to where your son doesn't assault her. It's your job to not raise a pervert with no self-control. Now let's be clear, those outfits are not the ones I would choose for my daughters to leave the house. If it were up to me, it'd be 24-7 Snuggies. But if I start dictating what my daughters wear, I'm going to teach them three things. A, they'll start to hate me for arbitrary rules. B, they'll start to lie to me. Or C, maybe even worse, that it's okay for a man to tell them what to wear because they look too good. And that ain't happening, Karen. But you know what would really disappoint me? If my girls grew up to be the kind of adult who goes on social media and demeans a teen's appearance on her father's Facebook page. Now, that's what I call trashy. <laughs> so, Holy I, cow. I, yeah, I kind of I went after it a little hard. I cut out some little dicier parts that might have gotten the old job in trouble. And uh, <laughs> that hit the editing room floor. And then I showed it to my girls and my wife, of course, and everybody was like, eh, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but go ahead, because mm. you're right. It's basically yep. the gist of it. So we posted it, and then things went insane. Oh, it, it quieted down? It has now, <laughs> a month later, things have quieted down. So first it went, it got like a million views on TikTok, and then people started writing articles about it. And I will say... The majority, and this is a hate mail podcast, the majority of the people who commented on this post, 99.9% .9 were absolute sweethearts. I love the people on TikTok. They, they have been so kind uh, yeah. to my family and, and me. And I, I tell my daughters how beautiful they are on a daily basis. I don't know that they believe me. Well, they better believe me now because literally tens of thousands of people have said, wow, your daughters are so beautiful. So I think it's been a good confidence booster for them. No, it is. Okay, so, but the thing that, I love about your response, Matt, is that you fiercely defended your daughters and it resonated with people. It resonated with me, but the people out there, because I then went back in to read some of the comments. They were disgusting. And these are your daughters. And I know that's what really got you because people can say whatever they want to us because we're adults and we can handle ourselves. But your kids did not ask for that. And they should, adult men and women, the things they were saying, I'm like, are you guys raising kids? Because that's shameful. It was awful. It, I was offended. So I'm glad you said something and continue to defend them. 
Well, here's the deal. I've told my kids ever since they were babies, if anybody ever comes after you, your daddy's going to have your back. If anybody, Mm. anything, no Mm. matter what, I don't care who it is. I will be there for you and I will handle it. And so if I didn't, you know, what kind of father would I be if, if I just kind of sat by and let people say whatever? I so love you because you remind me a lot of my dad. And he was the guy who was our protector, the person who would stand up for us, right? And even as an adult lady person, I still wish I had my dad. And so your daughters will look back on this and say, oh my gosh, my dad is this, that, and it's all going to be great. You know, even if they don't think that right now, my dad's the reason I kept my last name because I always want to be associated with him. And my husband understands that. Like, I always want to be known as Paul Gadsden's daughter. That makes me proud. He made Gadsden a good name. You've made, sorry, you've made Austin a good name for your daughters. And you're a great dad. Your wife is a good mom. And your girls are excellent kids. And I hate that those people thought that they could say what they wanted to say about your family. Shame on them and kudos to you for standing up for them and defending them. Anyone who can have any problem with you defending your family, I I don't even have words for that person, but thank you for doing that because it made me think of my own dad in a really good way. Well, I could tell you being compared to Paul Gadsden is basically the best compliment anybody can give me. (laughs) I I knew that from the day we met and I had asked you because you said you had gotten married and, uh, you know, his last name is different than yours. And I go, why didn't you take his last name? And you looked at me uh. like you stole, you, <laughs> you looked right into my soul and you said, that's my daddy's last name. And I was, <laughs> As a father of daughters, I'm like, oh my God, that's the most magical thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my God. All right, coming up on Florida's Fourth Estate, we're going to check in with one of our favorite stories. They make 3D printed limbs for kids who need them. We're going to show you around their lab, and it is going to be magical. We're going to learn some things after the break. Pleasure to meet you. I have another bionics expert on hand, so I thought I'd drop by. Thank you. Yes, a pleasure. Nice bow tie, by the way. You know who that is? Iron Man. <laughs> God, dude, it's even cooler than I thought. <clears throat> I'm having a technical glitch. Um, as you can see, my light isn't working. Half the time, you know, I design one of these, it winds up breaking on me. But what I do is I keep working on it, kind of like you're working on it with Albert. He keeps working and working until he gets it right. Oh my gosh, that soundbite is just so adorable. They stole our hearts. Years ago, they stole our hearts. And now, Limitless Solutions, we wanted to give an update. This was one of our favorite stories of all time because these prosthetic arms are so impossibly expensive. And Limitless Solutions at UCF, University of Central Florida, was able to build this young man an arm Uh, And they just gave it to him. It was just a significant story. It was seen all around the world. So today we have Albert Monero checking in with him, CEO of Limitless Solutions, co-founder as well. And we have Merdula Pedinti. She is the branding director. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Florida's Fourth Estate. This is an exciting day. How are things, those first arms that you put out were so impressive to us at the time, but man, the technology has grown a lot, hasn't it? 
It's been incredible to see the progress that's been made here at Limitless Solutions, building the bionic arm, but also building the system that does the training and the aesthetics of it. But it all starts here kind of in the lab, and we're excited to be showing you today the new lab that we moved into last year that expanded our footprint about three times the size of our old lab. In a matter of years, you guys have really just grown leaps and bounds and just now have a, a worldwide footprint. Being able to go from the kitchen table to now a full research facility here at UCF in just eight years has been unbelievable and it has been such a journey to get here. Uh, and there's so many people involved with it. We've actually grown our program of UCF undergraduate students working in their internships and research work with us to now over 45 students a semester are engaged from all different majors around campus. Yeah, um, the awareness and the support from the community, um, from other organizations and brands that we've been able to work with has been incredible. Um, from everything to adding more partner sleeves, you guys saw the Iron Man video where we have um, you know, uh, the Iron Man arm, but we've been able to since add more uh, collaborations with video game companies and um, other partners to add more types of designs and characters and bring them to life. Is Albert made his way to the lab yet to the 3D printing machine? Yes, Albert is there. Let's get you into the lab, Merdula. Thank you so much. Okay, so here we are. We're in the meat of uh, the, the nerve center <laughs> of where they do the 3D printing. Albert, tell us about where you are and what you're doing. Uh, so we're here in our manufacturing room with my colleague, John Sparkman, who's our vice president and director of technology. And we've actually grown with the 3D printing to now include other advanced manufacturing like this machine over here that's in real time carving metal away to be able to build the next version of the bionic arm. Wow. So the arms, are they made of metal now? Because I remember when our young man, Alex Pring, got one, it was plastic. And so it's a combination of metal parts, plastic parts that are 3D printed, and now coming soon, the injection molded version of the plastic parts. So from start to finish, to get one of the arms completely done, what is that process? How long would it take? So we're still making them all kind of in batches as we work in this clinical trial phase of our program but we're able to kind of do them a little bit faster now. So under a week time, if we really hustled between building one full arm, but it goes through a lot of different steps from the design side to the manufacturing. And then it even comes over here where we do all of the automotive airbrush painting to be able to get that really vivid color of the bionic arms that are unapologetically non-human uh, in their design. And I think that that is what really connects with the kids is being able to make all those different uh, expression points for them to be able to change out throughout the day. They can talk about it and almost brag about it in a way. For us, the most fun thing to hear is about how they're taking their bionic arm on the playground or to the grocery store, and they come in with this beautiful, or either the bionic armor from one of their favorite characters or something more fashion-oriented, and it just completely changes the conversation around wearing a prosthetic. Okay, Albert, thank you so much. What a cool little spot that is. I want to send you in to the area with some of your students where you're going to show us what these actual new arms look like because the technology has gone so wild. And then we I were wanna... blown away back then. I know. I, I don't even, I haven't seen it. And we've got Merdula here in another section of the lab. This is so exciting. We have like a million cameras around. So Merdula, tell us where you are and what happens there. So this is the assembly room. So this is kind of step two from the room that you just saw. 
um, where after the parts are actually manufactured, printed, whatnot, they come here. So we'll have a row of uh, engineering students, computer science students, electrical engineers uh, programming boards. They'll put together different parts. Um, here I have uh, a ton of different drawers of what the parts kind of look like before wow. they all come together, before they're actually painted. So you can see the contrast between what an, a raw 3D printed part looks like versus what it looks like after it's painted. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what happens here. And this is where all the magic happens, where everything comes together and we test the arms here, we fix repairs, stuff like that as well. What, what a great thing to have a, you know, a, play a part in something that a child will feel so special about. Yeah, I think that's what even our students kind of reflect that. They're so directly working with uh, a piece of um, technology that is making such a big impact on a child's life and their family's life. Um, and it's really cool to see um, how hands-on people get, you know, no, no pun intended, but yeah. um, the <laughs> fact that they can actually um, create this and build this from scratch and then hand it off to a child and see the reaction on their face when they open the arm for the first time and get it to work. And Albert is now ready. He is in with all the students. So we're here in our student design area where we have students from all over the UCF campus, whether that's engineering, game design, computer science, fine and digital arts, and even the pre-med students. And we're all coming together to be able to push this mission forward. And today we're going to be giving you a quick demo of the bionic arm here with one of our engineering students. This yes. is Brad. He's a mechanical Hi, engineer. What's up, Brad? Hello. <laughs> so here on my arm are some EMG stickers. These read when my muscles flex. Whenever I flex my muscles, our arm will open. Oh, wow. my gosh. Just like that. And if I want to do something like grab a mouse, they can do that. Wow. Look at that. Okay, it, so it, this is what I'm wondering. Like, how do you, I feel like that impressive, strong structure could just like crush a car door like Iron Man, but it's gentle <laughs> when you put it around the mouse. How do you do that? It is. So inside of our servo motors, there is some kind of slippage. So when it reaches the object you want to grab, the servo motors are going to push back and they're going to give us a voltage. And we know when we reach this voltage, we were squeezing hard enough. Okay, I'm kind of impressed by you because you seem like uh, a young, super intelligent guy. What are you hoping to achieve while working in this lab? What do you want to do with your life? And I hope to go into biomedical engineering, get a degree. Very cool. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Oh, Albert, you have to be so proud of what's happening in this lab. And I, I understand, you know, it's not just for kids anymore. You guys are actually starting to build prosthetics for adults as well. That's correct. That's our next big adventure. Um, and it's partly driven because the Bionic kids are growing up so fast that mm -hmm. we're going to be able to support adults pretty, pretty soon. So when you see the first, we remember the first time we saw you and you had, it almost looked like hard plastic. And then we see what was just demonstrated. How far have you guys come? It's incredible how much the team has pushed the technology and the art and the training. So now it's a full system that comes with a special video game controller that we make and video games that are in the app store where you can go on your phone and be able to play our video games. And depending on how hard you're flexing your muscles, it sends that signal using the Bluetooth right to the phone so that the character does different superpowers or jumps at different height. And all of that comes together because of the interdisciplinary team here of students, faculty, and staff 
that are really trying to push this forward. And it's been so much fun to work on. Wow. This show has been so much fun to work on. <laughs> Albert Monero, we've got Merdula Pedinti. You guys, thank you so much for giving us such a wonderful tour of a Just place a that has gotten... Beat. Oh, my goodness. I have enjoyed this so much. I feel like I need to go read some books, get a little smarter. If you want to check them out, it's Limitless Solutions. You will be so glad you did. Don't forget to check out Florida's Fourth Estate next week. And you can always find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us, everyone. See you next time. And, of course, you can catch Florida's Fourth Estate anytime on News 6+. Plus.